Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host as always. It is Afro, Afro, the Prince. Man, oh man, it's the Prince of Africa, America. It's the Prince of Black America. And we get to talk about the infamous and uh, must needed in regards to African history, Africatown. Africatown was founded uh, in Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. And it's one of the few towns that still has real acknowledgement, real uh, records that date back to we were enslaved by these people as Africans, as descendants of Africans. Uh, we know our ancestors when we say our ancestors, like before you named us, Jackson, Griffin, Davis, they had their own names, you know, Alula, you know, had his own name before you called him Charlie Lewis. And the reason I want to talk about this, uh, because there is an interview on 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes, shout out to uh, Ernie Elijah, shout out to Rashad Bailey, because he was like, like, yo, you need to watch this, this interview, because um, when you talk about Preparations and one of the the articles even in Congress, I believe is, uh, if I'm quoting it right, the House Bill of 5140, 5141. But basically, it's the we will do research into your claim as to why we should pay the descendants of chattel enslavement in North America, particularly the United States, on they're claiming their right to reparations. And a lot of the counter argument as to the only way you can really make this claim is you have to prove like you or me would have to prove that I actually descend from a person who was actually a slave and the whole dynamic of how difficult that would be today. And then of course our counter arguments will be like, well, you got all the records. And, and the tit and tat for that. But the reason why this was so important to me was because um, as a pan-African, as, uh, as a Black man, as an African man, I feel that this definitely is a, a topic that needs to be discussed. And even on the concept of reconciliation, even versus reparations. Because there are some of us in our community and even in the diaspora, because this is to me a diaspora, a diaspora conversation, um, because we are because we descended from Africans who are African warriors and warriors, prince and princesses, kings and queens, um, who ended up having to go to the new world, and that's where you have a development of what you love about Jamaica the development of what you love about merengue, batata, salsa, and Cuba. You know, the, the reason that the Western world is so great is a part of our unfortunate circumstances, which also created a great contribution to the Western world. So this, to me, this is a focal point. This is a starting point to a much larger conversation that we should unify behind. But you already know, you got to start somewhere. Uh, the interview is on 60 Minutes, and these are 
there are three main people, Jocelyn Davis, Elwood Woods, and Thomas Griffin. That is more than likely their generational um, family names. And they descend from the supposedly the last ship called the Cotilda that landed in Mobile. Excuse me. And they actually have records stating that a white family, the Myers family, owned their ancestors. And they have the names, the African names of these ancestors. And I'll go through a few of them. So one, like I mentioned before, his name is Olula, right? Right? And prior to the so-called master, right? Changing his name to Charlie Lewis. You have another called Poli Allen. Okupoli is his African name. And his name was changed to, there was another called Kosula or Kojo Lewis. Now, Timothy Myers, which is uh, one of the so-called founders or prominent people in Africatown at the time, was a wealthy businessman who hired Captain. So I'm, I'm me personally, I'm telling you too. I ain't just talking to the Myers. If it was me sitting at the table, I'm talking to the Fosters too. I'm talking to the Fosters too. And the reason why is because Timothy, My Timothy Meyer, a wealthy businessman, hired Captain William Foster to illegally smuggle Africans from the Dahomey Kingdom at the time, which is what you would call modern Benin. Which is why I say if you do enough research, even if you started uh, with African ancestry, ancestry DNA, and any of the other uh, so-called um, organizations who help you follow your family lineage that will nine times out of ten lead you back to Africa if you're of African descent, you can start making connections. So uh, these Africans derive from the Dahomey Kingdom, which is modern-day Benin, through Mobile, Alabama. They made profit off of them. And the, the, the proof that, you know, the whole story of were we enslaved and did we come from Africa? The Catilda is actually buried in the water of, I believe that's the Alabama Mississippi River, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they discovered the shipwreck around 2018, 2019. And the pieces of the shipwreck, the cargo hold, um, a lot of the uh, old pictures you would see of how they would get us all in the ship. And it was down to a science, like from the life insurance to the configurement of the compartments to put us into these holds to ship us there was down to a mathematic and even science level. But it was proof, right? And they actually ended up putting the pieces, um, once these deep divers discovered uh, the Catilda, the slave ship, they put the pieces in the African Town Heritage House Museum. 
Now, Africatown was founded pretty much right after emancipation from the descendants of the enslaved Africans in, in 1868. It was 12,000 12, people who developed this town over time, hundreds of Black-owned businesses, schools, up until pretty much the 1960s. And everyone knows that up until 1960s, um, that's when the push for integration, and then you have the Great Migration, and so forth and so on. And then uh, what happens that we actually don't talk about a lot is what you would call uh, imminent forms of eminent domain or forms of government taking over real estate or land and using it for other developments. So they put a highway through the center, pretty much, of Africatown in the 1990s. So now what does that do? It, it disrupts the overall landscape of Africatown. It disrupts the economical prosperity of Africatown. And now it becomes this truck stop version of a, of a prosperous, of what used to be a prosperous township and city. It's surrounded by chemical plants, warehouses, et cetera. Like what was once a landmark, a lighthouse of, of heritage and, and black, black excellence and greatness is now full of smoke and fog. But it's up to us as of current day to push to make that greatness become what it once was like it's it's up to us i understand who built ted system what the obstacle was but i also believe with these hands that god gave me with this voice that god gave me i'm going to make reconnect with my ancestors make that greatness happen and, and prosper once again whether it's in my city or whether it's around my country and whether it's through acknowledgement and awareness, because there's a reason you clicked on the show. You want to know. But to get more into detail as to why this is so important, the descendants of Olula, which is Charlie Lewis, uh, Poli Allen, which is uh, Poli and Kojo, which is Kolusa, Kolusi, those descendants of those African men and African women, you have to be born of both, still wanted to challenge the Mayas. They still want to have a conversation. This is where you get into reconciliation versus reparations, right? Which is where I said in the beginning. Because the Mayas still own 40% of the land in the African town, right? And it took a few generations to really have this conversation, which is where you hear the where you hear the back and forth about why CRT is so uh, controversial in today's educational system, because even the families didn't want to talk for a while. These white people were like, "Nah, bro, I ain't, we ain't about to go down memory lane." Regardless that the family business. My family business is, is worth a few million and they still own the family business. 
and gain generational wealth off the family business. But no, we, we ain't got to talk about who built the homes, who built the big house, who, who carved all the plants and, and, and land, and, you know, in the beginning. But here's, here's one thing that um, I would say and harshly, better late than never, was that they agreed to sit down after a while. So Maya's family said, okay, we believe that it's time to truly hear them out and acknowledge that these things happen. And how can we as a country, when you talk about being a human being, really reconcile these monstrosities, these instances, right? And they said, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing. This is the first step towards the collection of the Myers families agreeing to meet. I'm um, as a black collector specifically asking for collaboration with the Myers family. They mentioned a few things, plots of land, economical development, um, or Africatown, and even educational development. Like when we as a people, like this to me is a very, very prominent and very powerful first step because um, if one is willing to do it, the collective should be willing to do it, right? That's something I agree with. And for me, it had, it made me look at can you, can we as a collective reconcile with what we call white America, right? Because if you don't know, for those who listen to me across the world and in other countries, um, there's there's always been a story told me that there's two Americas in my existence. It's white America and then there's black America. And it's about, okay, I'll, we'll still fight for reparations. It's not, it's not something that we, we're throwing off the table. But what does reconciliation look like? And is it an example of it? And the party that gained the most from this uh, incident, from this historical tragedy, can they hold up to their agreements? And they started the to, to give more information on the Myers family. They invested and gave plots of land um, through their organizations to other organizations in Africatown, uh, like $50,000. Uh, so, so they started, they definitely have started. And they're they're working with the other organizations of uh, the descendants of these families to make this development a real development and a community. Because what what we should gain from this is if, if agreed upon, and yes, it's agreed upon, how are we going to embody and make the most out of this agreement? Schools, health, legal, law enforcement, education, trades, all these areas and aspects is what will birth agriculture, will birth a prosperous and strong Black community. And we, as a people, have to make that choice. You have to make that choice. 
for those who benefited the most. Also to say that as a righteous person, under my belief in my religion, as a righteous person, I'm willing to make this right. I don't need them to necessarily do it. I want to make this right. You see what I'm saying? And um, one of the residents of Africatown said, land is the key to Africatown survival. Creating grocery stores, pharmacies, gas stations. Because I've said this before in other, other episodes, other series, that to me, there's an old saying like there's not there's more than one way to skin a cat. That I can use the current system and the ways of life that everybody else uses to grow their wealth and still make Black excellence thrive while I'm doing so. So there's already a Walmart in my city. There's already a Target in my city. There's already a Tony's or a Pete's grocery store in my city. There's already a BP, a mobile, a marathon in said city. There's already an infrastructure made there that utilizes everything that we use everyday life for the moderate nine to five worker, for the, the middle class or any form of class ship system to wealthy or unwealthy, right? There's already something there. And if you're looking at it from a, an economical standpoint, it's working, right? Or maintaining. So if it's working or maintaining, how do we take what's already been built and make it our own? When you see Black people franchise BPs, franchise Walmarts, franchisation can to me lead to restoration of what we used to call black wealth. Now, I'm not getting away from creating independence and collaboration on the other end. If we have something that is brilliant, that it works, collaborate with us. If we have a great system um, for pharmacy, for uh, automotive, for so forth and so on, then just come in and collaborate with us and vice versa. But to me, I think that one major key is to get started. Like, get started. Now, um, getting back to the nitty and gritty, Africatown, since these discoveries of the Gratilda and the story of the Myers family and the descendants of George, Jocelyn Davis, uh, Thomas Griffin, and others, $2 million have went into uh, the restoration funds for Africatown. Which I'm very proud um, to discover and hear about. Now, you want to take a trip and go see Africa Town in Mobile, Alabama, and click the link, get a discount from Expedia. Shout out to the partners of Expedia who make it affordable. And I personally hadn't had any bad necessarily interactions. I went to Georgia with Expedia, I've been to Detroit, booking hotels and plane fights and rental cars with Expedia. Um, so as far as my experience as your host of the show, I really haven't had any bad experience. So, hey, you want to go to Africatown? You want to go to Mobile, Alabama to, to see Africatown? Hey, book it with Expedia. I'll let them know the Prince sent you. I'll put the link in the description. And that's the show for today, man. Much love for everybody that listens. 
Much love for everybody that supports the show. You hit the like button. You hit the subscribe button. You hit the share button. All these things are free. All these things help us grow. And I really appreciate that y'all been sticking it out with us for this long. Much love. Much success. I will holler at y'all.